We sit as we listen to our readings from Holy Scripture. A reading from the book of Exodus. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether the form, in the form of anything that is above heaven or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water beneath the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son, your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in, of your, in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honour your mother and your father, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbour. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The response of the psalm is, Lord, you, Lord, have the words of eternal life. You, Lord, have the words of eternal life. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. One day tells its tale to another, and one night imparts knowledge to another. Although they have no words or language, and their voices are not heard, their sound has gone out into all lands, and their message to the ends of the world. In the deep, he has set a pavilion for the sun. It comes forth like a bridegroom out of his chamber. It rejoices like a champion to, the, to run its course. 
It goes forth from the uttermost edge of the heavens and runs about to the end of it again. Nothing is hidden from its burning heat. The law of the Lord is perfect and revives the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure and gives wisdom to the innocent. The statutes of the law are just and rejoice the heart. The commandments of the Lord is clear and gives light to the eyes. You, Lord, have the words of eternal life. The fear of the Lord is clean and endures forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous to get all, all, to, all together. More to be desired are they than gold, more than such fine gold, sweeter far than honey, than honey from the comb. By them also is your servant enlightened, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can tell how often he offends? Cleanse me from my secret faults. Above all, keep your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not get dominion over me. Then I shall be whole and sound and innocent of a great offence. You, Lord, have the words of eternal life. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You, Lord, have the words of eternal life. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. The message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since the wisdom of God, since, since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation, to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger 
than human strength. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand to receive the gospel. Praise to you, O Christ, King of eternal glory. The Lord is a great God. Oh, that today you would listen to his voice, harden not your hearts. Praise to you, O Christ, King of eternal glory. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. They then said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus has spoken. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in our sight. O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Throughout its history, the human race has built monuments to whatever it held sacred. Some have survived the ravages of war and weather, Stonehenge, Greek and Roman temples, the pyramids. In cities all over the world, there are glorious cathedrals reminding Christians of the presence of God in the bustle of our daily lives. We are reminded of God's faithfulness when we consider how old the buildings are. And yet, ironically, we know that even in these massive cathedrals, we have no abiding city. We know from bitter experience that these inspiritual buildings have no fundamental stability and can be destroyed in times of war as witnessed by Coventry and Dresden cathedrals. So too, once the Israelites had left their nomadic life, they built, a, they built their temple, a truly magnificent place dedicated to worship and reminding God's people of their special relationship with him. 
But rules began to take precedence over the spirit of this place. Flawless animals had to be sacrificed, and Roman coinage wasn't allowed. So livestock was sold, and money changers provided the temple currency. Business flourished on the back of religion. Yet housed in the same temple were the commandments given by God so that his people could rightly order their lives. The contrast between the life envisaged by these commandments, a life of love and respect for God and neighbor, and the life being demonstrated by the guardians of the temple shocked Jesus. He was surely more angry about the abuse of people by the shady dealings of the traders and money changers than he was by the misuse of the temple. He knew his religion should be life-giving and liberating, not bound up by rules that gave easy opportunities for exploiting people. In John chapter 4, verses 21, we hear Jesus telling the Samaritan woman at the well, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Jesus knew that true religion was not practiced on pagan volcanoes nor in sacred temples, but in one's heart through the Spirit of God. The temple that Jesus cleansed could and would be destroyed, but the temple of God within the human soul will not and cannot perish. People often mistakenly refer to Coventry's two cathedrals, the old and the new, but there is in fact only one cathedral in Coventry. One cathedral that is a witness to hate and pain and is an equally potent witness to the love and forgiveness. Prayers of forgiveness are found on its shattered walls and nails from the burnt out roof have been made into crosses that are in churches all over the world, symbols of reconciliation. To walk through Coventry's one cathedral from the bombed part to the new is to experience death and new life. Likewise, as we walk through our own lives, we experience death and new life. We share the same potential for hate, fear, and a lust for power that possess the people who crucify Jesus. The human characteristics, characteristics that always try to kill God. But always there is the possibility of putting our dark side behind us and seeing Christ risen from the cross, beckoning to us. As St. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, verse 8, but if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. God is not contained in temples, churches, and cathedrals, so he is not destroyed by death of those buildings. Whatever we try to do to God, he rises again and he lives in human hearts. This is the power of the Easter story, that it tells and retells this truth so dramatically, 
so pictorially and in a way that penetrates all the superficial differences of generation and culture. The crucifixion, the crucifixion and all the events of Easter are evidence that people may abuse and kill each other. They may even abuse and try to kill God, but ultimately they and their hateful efforts will fail. Perhaps this is one of the sobering and yet at the same time inspiring lessons of Good Friday and Easter, our lack of real power. We, can't, we can destroy whole cities with one bomb, including their cathedrals, but we cannot destroy God. We can't destroy the love he pours into the world. We can't destroy hope or a sense of justice and compassion. We are the instructable temple of God. In the sanctuary of our temple, he lives and he will never die. We are the living stones of God's church, housing the commandment to love and taking that love to others. Amen. Amen.